You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, I am thrilled uh, to be able to talk about marriage with a couple of dear friends. Today, our guests are Adam and Amelia Watkins. And thank you so much for being with you guys. You guys mean the world to the church, but you mean the world to me. Y'all are some of, for Lynn's and I, you are some of our first you know, friends in our marriage and just been there through the whole thing. So I love you. Thank you very much for being here today. Love Thanks you for too. Asking us. Yeah. All right. So first question, uh, just for everybody who's listening, how long have you guys been married? 16 years. She's the mathematician. You wanted to count the months. How many months? <laughs> well, gosh, May, June, July, August, September. So about four months. There you go. All right. So 16 years, four months of marital bliss. If you guys, uh, if your marriage, um, if your marriage, I guess, was a kid, y'all would have a driver's license. Your marriage can officially drive on its own. It would now. be a vertical driver's license. <laughs> Some marriages have the horizontal driver's license. But after 16 years of engaging the Lord's will in marriage, I know you guys have learned some things that are going to be valuable to pass on to the church. So let's dive into a couple of those things. Tell us um, a few of the things that God's taught you in your years of marriage. And our goal is just that for all the folks in church, for our friends, for anybody who's listening, that we would be encouraged um, in our marriage to seek the Lord's will, to be blessed in our marriage, and that we could learn from each other. So thanks for coming to teach us. What are a few of the things that God's taught you all? Well, I think one of the things that we have learned is how to, and we're still learning, this is not anything that we have figured out, but something that has become routine with us is how to understand where God is leading us. Because plans are something that I instinctively, I think a lot of men have in their mind. They have a vision for 50 years from now, and I'm no different. I'm probably... (laughs) <laughs> on the excessive end of that scale. So much of my personal walk has been about God sort of disrupting those plans and taking that, harnessing that energy and, and moving it in his direction, sometimes with greater success than others. But um, I think because we communicated a lot, well, one, we share our faith. That is the, I mean, that is the basis for it all. If that does not share, if there's no sharing of that. There's Mm -hmm. no foundational element for any of this that we're talking about to be able to occur. So that was the foundational element. And as God has molded our plans and changed the direction of our lives and different things that we've done, I think because we had a basis in Mm -hmm. faith and we communicated about that openly, especially, we probably need to communicate about it more openly now. I think it's, it's, I mean, honestly, it's the danger of becoming on autopilot. Mm -hmm. But we fell, we've kind of gotten into a pattern of allowing each other and how God speaks to the other spouse to sort of affirm the directions that we're going to go. Like if one of us starts feeling like we need to go in this direction, you know, we'll see what the other one is mm-hmm. thinking. And if there's a big disruption there, then that's sort of a signal to me from God, okay, I'm not affirming this in both of you. This is maybe something you need to step back from. Maybe, you know, and so that's one thing. It, you know, I guess the overarching thing of theme of that is that plans um, that we have when we first get married um, are totally disrupted, mm-hmm. you know, and you just have to accept that. And we feel very blessed for where we are, 
but it's definitely not where we thought we were going to be necessarily. Yes, we thought we'd have kids. Yes, we thought we'd be in pedal. I mean, but there are a lot of things that that have happened in our marriage over 16 years that um, were not what we planned. Mm -hmm. And they've been a lesson in waiting on God and allowing Him to kind of mold our direction. So I was encouraged... um, Adam, I was really encouraged just a few minutes ago while you and I were chatting before uh, we started recording. And you just shared about how throughout your marriage, there were moments when God was really clear to you, or there were moments when God was really clear with Amelia, and you guys just developed a trust. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's almost like the art of discerning God's will together. Mm -hmm. And to think about the new dynamics of allowing God to influence your family and your home and the course of your life while two people are seeking God's will together and, and trusting Him and trusting each other mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. I was I was really encouraged and kind of inspired by that, just to think about, you know, wow, was it like seeking God's will in relationship, you know, as, as one person who has, you know, got certain plans and ideas and another person has different ones, and then just to watch how you're complimented or flex. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I encourage our church family. So seek We've God's called will it the accelerator and the brakes. Okay. <laughs> so All right. One of us is usually the accelerator, and then God uses the other one as the brakes. And that's been... From the beginning. From the beginning. Yep. So if I remember right... She was, <laughs> me. Amelia was Starting the accelerator. Off, I was accelerator. <laughs> so you know what? I remember that. I remember your your testimony is awesome, and we should share it one day for all the dating couples or you know young <laughs> singles or college students who say, "Oh wow, am I ever going to find the right person?" Like, I encourage the whole church family find Amelia and ask her to share uh, their engagement. You'll have even more respect for her after you figure out what she went through. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but. Along the same line, it was not the right time. It maybe was the right thing, but it wasn't the right time. And so God used Adam as the brakes on that until it was. Yeah, you know, and that's really, I mean, timing has been really where God has sort of, I think he puts things in our hearts, but I get impatient normally. In that case, Amelia was impatient. And then he'll use the other one as sort of this to, to hold us until the right time. Like, so he'll put a vision maybe in our heart, but then the other one becomes the the breaks until it's time to let go. Right. So. Awesome. That's fantastic. So I am, I'm encouraged already just to think about, I can't wait to sit down with Lindsay and listen to this episode of the podcast <laughs> and talk about, hey, babe, let's, you know, let's really continue to be intentional exploring God's will together and think about that neat dynamic. I think when you're newlyweds or um, when you still have that little selfish itch sometimes that we have very fleshly normal part of us you know it's scary to think about compromising for somebody else what if they don't want what I want but I'm listening to you guys talk and it's beautiful to think about living in a relationship in the in the Lord's will in such a way that you can discern his will together Mm -hmm. Amelia you were sharing some of the things that God's taught you in marriage you want to share those with us today sure well it kind of ties in with what we've been talking about but Um, One thing we discussed, this doesn't go with with exactly what you were leading to, but we were talking about how God uses you as a team, and He puts you together for a reason so you can strengthen each other. And oftentimes, we kind of get at odds with each other over different little spats or things that happen, and, and I have to remind myself to step back and remember that we're in this together, We're and remember who my opponent is. Put some perspective on it, that I'm not fighting against Adam, that the one who's my enemy 
is Satan, and he would like nothing more than to distract me from my marriage or disrupt that marriage or get us off course with our plans. And so I think a lot of times couples struggle with feeling like they're at odds with each other, but just step back and know that the one who's really attacking you is Satan, and there are ways to battle him. And then remember that your spouse is on your side. (laughs) You know, if you're a Christian couple, you're in it together, and you're for each other. And God can use you as a team. So that's one little tidbit that we talked about together leading up to this. But kind of along that same line, when you are struggling against your spouse or, or maybe you're not on the same wavelength, um, maybe God's... I'm finding out about all these struggles. <laughs> <laughs> like I no, thought it was not great. Not big struggles. Just <laughs> <laughs> if your timing's off. No. Um, Mine must be more often than I thought. <laughs> no. No, not at all. But... If there is something that that you're struggling with or, um, I don't know, if you're not yet on the same page with your spouse, timing-wise, or with Mm. God's will, and maybe there's something that God has put in their heart but not yours yet, I think God can bring that together. But a lot of times, for me, what it takes is putting myself second behind my spouse and recognizing that that's what God calls us to do, that it's for both of us. He's calling us to put each other second so in Ephesians 5, when it talks about wives submitting to their husbands, just as Christ is to submit to the head of the church, I mean, uh, just as the church is to submit to Christ as the head, I'm to put myself second. I'm to put his needs first, his will first, and let that um, come before my own personal preferences, just like as the church, we're to go with the Spirit's will and what he's wanting for our church, not our little preferences. And in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So husbands also are to put themselves second because their wife, their spouse, is the church and they are the picture of Christ and he gave himself for the church. Mm -hmm. So in both situations, the spouse is to put the other one ahead of themselves. And I think if we're doing that and not focused on our own needs, our own love tank, our own little sphere and what is my spouse giving to me, focus on what can I do to help my spouse. Really, that's the picture of perfect love. It's two parties putting someone else first. I mean, that's what Christ is showing us in that example in Ephesians. Um, as, an, you know, as, as a picture of what two people loving mm-hmm. each other yeah. are supposed to look like. Uh, and we fall short. You know, I mean, it's, so if you get yourself into a place of feeling like, oh, well, I can't ever measure up to that, so you just throw your hands up. Um, I I don't think that's what, uh, that's Satan, you know, trying to interfere with your mind and and to get you to give up. It's more of something that you have to make a conscious choice to do. Um, But then eventually it becomes natural, you know, because the flesh is constantly fighting for itself over Mm -hmm. someone else. The longer I walk with Christ, the more I realize that you know, central to the gospel was that command that Jesus gave us in Matthew 16 and in other places in the gospels where he said, if you want to, if you want to be my follower, if you want to come after me, you've got to take up your cross. You've got to deny yourself mm-hmm. and then you can come and follow me. And learning to put our selfish or prideful desires to death, it's almost like an essential entry into the gospel to follow really in the footsteps of Christ. And, and as he teaches us to think like he thought, changes us from the inside out so that we're capable of loving somebody else and putting somebody else first. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I've learned that that really is the essential step in following 
Christ's will is to allow him and the power of his spirit to bring us through. Um, you know, Paul says, I've, I've been crucified with Christ mm-hmm. to allow to bring us through the crucifixion and resurrection with Jesus and then be able to walk in a renewed mind as a born again, new person with Christ in control. And you guys are illustrating really well what that looks like in marriage. Like when, when two people bring that into their marriage relationship and say, okay, um, I'm, I'm dying to myself. I'm surrendering to the will of God. And in this case, the application is I'm learning to love another person. I'm going to put another person ahead of myself um, every day, all the time. Amelia, I thought it was beautiful how, as you read Ephesians 5 and thought through the steps and the commands that both parties in marriage are asked to do exactly that, Mm -hmm. to put the other one ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. Listen, I want to thank you guys for being here. Y'all, you guys have been a blessing uh, today, as you always have been to us. Uh, I hope the church and our friends are richly blessed as they hear your story and listen to what God's taught you in the last 16 years of marriage. Just kind of in review, I want to encourage everybody listening. As a couple, learn to seek God's will together. What an exciting adventure to seek His will in relationship with another person and to see that not as a complicating or intrusive factor, but as a benefit, as a blessing, as a way of discerning God's will. I think where we learned that the most was we did experiencing God for couples when we were very first married. Yeah. And it helped um, us recognize spiritual markers. Yep. And kind of, and we went ahead together and we identified spiritual markers in our individual life. And now we have spiritual markers in our life together. Yeah. And that really helps us to discern so that would be a hey, another practical tip, Adam. That's right. right. There. The other thing that I want everybody to go home with is just to learn to put your spouse first. Like it, it's a beautiful way to live out Christianity and reflect Jesus Christ. If you'll learn to love another person, and your spouse is the person you share space with all the time, that's where you're really tested. But if you could learn to allow the gospel to shed light on your heart and teach you to love your spouse ahead of yourself, what a beautiful beautiful picture of Ephesians 5 and a beautiful picture of our faith um, from both directions. Well, thanks for listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Uh, Go serve the Lord.